Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Join me as we share our stories and explore the topics that are most important to creative entrepreneurs and makers. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Makers Chat. I'm really excited because this month I am relaunching my signature course, The Makers Framework. This is a course for artists and makers who want to take their handmade businesses to the next level. Maybe they have a hobby right now and they want to turn it into a business. Maybe they have a small business, but they really want to grow it to be, you know, the the business of their dreams. And as luck would have it, just a couple of weeks ago, my baby sister told me that she wanted to start her own little makers business. And as we got to talking about it, I decided that I thought it would be really cool if we talk to her now before she even gets started. And then over the next couple of months, kind of checked in with her to see how she was doing. So I want to introduce you guys to my little sister, Jody Ray. Hi. Hi. Thanks for doing this with me. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, nervous, but excited. (laughs) (laughs) No need to be nervous. Um, So Jody and I live about 45 minutes away from each other. So we're doing really good if we see each other once a week. Um, This will be fun to be able to kind of stay connected this way. She's already sending me pictures as she's working on new projects, which I absolutely love. Um, So Jody, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about you, what you do for a living, what your family looks like, that kind of thing. Okay. Well, I live in Easley. I'm a registered nurse. I've been nursing since 2013. Um, and right now I'm actually in the inpatient recovery room um, here at one of the main hospitals. And I've been here since about May of 2018. Um, when I moved here, I actually met my husband 10 days after I moved here. <laughs> and then we were engaged by Labor Day and married by Christmas. Well, two, three days after Christmas or something like that. Yep. <laughs> um, actually five days to do that. But, and then about 12 weeks into our marriage, we found out that we were expecting little DJ. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was kind of a whirlwind romance, you could call it. So now we just, we live in Easley. DJ will be two in October. Um, and I'm just, you know, Look, I was looking for a hobby. It's kind of how this all started. <laughs> yep. Just looking for something to do. Yeah. And how long ago has that been now? What, maybe three, four weeks, something like that? I started talking about it maybe four weeks ago. It's been like two weeks that I've actually been doing anything. Because um, I kind of spent the first couple of weeks watching YouTube videos and kind of reading blogs and getting people's opinions on like, the kind of equipment that would be best or easiest or kind of how to start out because I really had no idea. I just, I'm, I knew that I wanted to try it and then I just had to figure out what I needed to do. <laughs> yeah. And tell everybody what it is that you're making. What are you creating now? I am creating clay earrings, which I had just been seeing everywhere. And I just always thought they looked really cool. And then one day you know, I was on the glorious TikTok and, <laughs> you know, you just scroll through and you see all these makers with their little sped up videos of what they're doing. And I was like, that looks, I mean, I dare say easy because it's, it's not now that I'm doing it. But when I was watching the video, I was like, 
that's kind of cool. That looks fun. Like it looked doable. Yeah. I'm not an artistic person. Danielle was always the artistic person. I was the, you know, science minded medical type person. I wasn't someone who looked at something and thought I could do that. I can make that. (laughs) You thought I can call Danielle and she could do that. (laughs) I know. Always. I think I've got several things in my house that I called Danielle and said, Hey, I'm going to send you this picture. (laughs) But this looked like something that I thought I could actually do. And it looked fun. And you absolutely can. You've already started. She's already started. She's been sending me pictures and she's doing a great job already. Um, Yeah. But I think you're probably like most people. What made you decide that, okay, I am going to start making these, but I'm going to have to sell them? Well, I love clay earrings. I think they're so cute. And I see them in different places. But honestly, it didn't seem worth it unless I was going to sell them. It's a lot of stuff and a lot of different things. If I was just going to be making a pair of earrings for myself when I could buy some from another maker. so. I mean, it is fun to have that freedom to really create exactly what I want and to play with it. But at the same time, I just had no idea how much. I mean, now you can do them very basic. I mean, but I'm kind of a perfectionist in the way that it's like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I need the different equipment that people are using and such. And um. Yeah, it was just, it, it felt like it was going to be a big investment if I was just making earrings for myself. Yeah. And it just kind of seemed like it just kind of stemmed from there. I was like, well, I can make them for other people. Maybe I could sell them. Maybe I could do markets. And it was just kind of flowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so your first goal, what's your first goal? My first goal is to participate in the market at Vintage Warehouse, the um, the business that Danielle owns. She does like these quarterly markets and there's a fall market. Um, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to do that. Again, it, you know, it's just, you don't realize the kind of stuff that goes into it. I mean, even as basic as like, you need a table, and a <laughs> tablecloth, and you need a display so that people can actually see what you're trying to sell. And <laughs> Um, so that's giving me a good, like two and a half months from when I decided I wanted to do this. Yep. And it's perfect timing, you guys, because she's going to sign up for the fall market, which is October 2nd. Mm-hmm. And we're recording this. I was going live on August 2nd. So like two months, right? Exactly two months from the time that you guys are hearing this, she's going to be doing her first market. She's already been making a few pairs of earrings here and there for the past couple of weeks. Um, We've had some fun conversations already, and I know that we will have plenty more, but she has also, um, she's going to be one of the students in my Maker's Framework class when it launches here in the next couple of weeks. So she is going to have all the resources that she needs to do this well. And we are going to check back in with her. We're going to have her back on the podcast after the market, after she's had her first event to see how it went, to see, you know, what she's learned, how it's going for. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun 
for all of us to get to the most, well, I mean, I would get to watch either way, even if we weren't talking about it on the podcast, but <laughs> because she's my sister, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really cool for us all to be able to see you go through this, um, this journey and getting started mm-hmm. because it is fun and it's exciting. Um, but there's, it's like, we already talked about this evening. There's, there's always things that she's like, wow, I, I didn't expect this part to, to be quite the hang up and mm-hmm. already like working on sourcing materials and finding the right things because it's not where you thought it would be. <laughs> no, you have a vision and then you can't find it. That's yeah. the frustrating part. You like, like I have a vision for types of earrings that I want to make, but there's specific hardware that I need. And I just don't understand why it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I think everyone goes, has those struggles sometimes. So you're getting ready for this market. I would love to know, um, like, what are you the most excited about for that? And then also, like, what are you the most nervous about with that whole process? I am excited about, um, you know, it's, I have more nerves and excitement. I'm excited about just being a part of it, meeting people, actually showing people what I've been doing, kind of seeing people's reactions to what I've been doing. Um, and then potentially meeting other makers that might have suggestions for how I'm doing things. Um, but I feel like honestly, right now I have more fear and more nerves. Maybe that's the Enneagram happening, (laughs) but, um, you know, I've been stressing myself out with just the little things like, I think I had told you earlier, I was having trouble even just with my jump rings and connecting pieces together. And like, I'd try on a pair of earrings and then a piece would fall off. And I'm like, I thought I had that. And so then I have this fear of like something not being perfect and someone like buying something from me and then getting home and like being disappointed in their purchase, you know, and you just, I find myself just getting probably too focused on one specific slab or piece or one earring like I made a um set the other day that had some clay like kind of a half circle and then it had chain so it was hanging from the chain my obsession on trying to get that chain on (laughs) and even everything dangling at the same nothing crooked same on both ears it was unreal how much time it took me on that one pair of earrings. And so then I literally kind of got afraid of that. I was like, Oh, maybe I can't do the style. I'm going to spend too much time on it. I'm going to, you know, but it is the kind of thing that I know it's going to take practice, but I am just a perfectionist and I just want to be good. I want to be good right now. And (laughs) nobody's, nobody's really good right now. You know, you gotta, you gotta practice a little bit and that's the only way you're going to learn. But I don't know. I think that's it. That's I'm just looking forward to it. But I'm also just nervous because I don't want to think that anybody that buys anything from me is going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. And yeah, I will tell you that doesn't honestly, I don't know that that ever really goes away. Um, when you take pride in the quality of your products, I think there's always just that little bit. I know. Well, you know, I, I do a lot of different things, but Painting furniture, especially, mm-hmm. is one of the newer things that I do. And I can finish a piece of furniture and know that it's great, know that it's awesome. 
But as soon as someone buys it and they're taking it out the door, I'm like stressing. I'm like, what if they like knock some of the paint off or what if they're doing such and such and they don't like the handle or they, I mean, you know, just like you think about all those things, but the reality is, and I can go ahead and speak to this too, that, you know, when you are building a business and you are putting yourself out there and you're posting and you're doing the things, whether it's putting a business card in with your packaging so that they can reach out to you if they have a problem, giving them a little bit of like a customer care tip there, you know, to be like, if you have any problems, be sure to reach out to me kind of thing. You know, if they'll do that and then you have the opportunity to to provide good customer service, even if something not awesome happens, um, you can take that and turn it around. And then you have a customer for life because they know that they can trust you to make it right if something goes wrong. and. Yeah. Usually nothing's going to go wrong, but I mean, even still, I'll have people sometimes that'll buy jewelry from me and then it's like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, this broke. And I'm like, send it back to me. I'll fix it. I'll send it back to you. And, you know, once you do that for folks, like I have folks now that, you know, they'll, there won't even necessarily be anything broken, but they know that like, okay, maybe I made them a piece, one in particular I'm thinking of, made them a piece of jewelry that was representative of the children in the household and a new child was added. And so it was like, Hey, can I send that back to you? There's another grandbaby now. I need to add some stones and like, you know, and I can do that for them. And they're, you know, it's just, it gives you that opportunity to build relationships. So not that you want mistakes, but mistakes Mm -hmm. aren't always the end of everything. In fact, sometimes mistakes give you the opportunity to build better customer relationships. So. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about the whole thing. I'm excited to take your course. Um, I don't even know everything that's in it, but I'm hoping it's going to help me hit some of the things that I, in my mind, I'm like, I really have no clue because, you know, we talked about one time about pricing and I'm like, well, ideally I know a price range that I want my earrings to fall in because I feel like it's a good price point and I feel like they'll sell. Then I find myself questioning like, am I spending too much time on this one design? Maybe I shouldn't do this because I don't want to have expensive earrings because I know me personally, I just can't, I can't bring myself to spend more than like $24. And that's like a good pair of earrings. And, you know, sometimes I see earrings that are gorgeous and then I see a higher price tag and I'm like, well, if I don't think I would buy it, I don't necessarily think I want to try and sell it (laughs) because I don't want to try and have other people do that. I know I'm not going to (laughs) do. You have to remember though, everyone, um, everyone has different expectations for what they want to spend. You know, we're all in different places financially. Yeah. So you have to remember that. But also, um, the thing, this is something that I've had to learn too in making jewelry and art and other things. Everybody's not like me. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that. And sometimes you make something good and you make something awesome. And so you have to charge more for it because you just do. But the yeah. person who sees it and appreciates it and understands how valuable it is, is not gonna have a problem paying that price. Yeah. And yeah, part of the course is the, the perfect price prescription, which is what I've already got out there right now available as a standalone. But of course, if you're going to Mm-hmm. Sign up for the class, then go ahead, little hint, hint, go ahead and get on the wait list because that is part of um, part of buying the maker's framework is you also get the perfect price prescription and it gives yeah. you formulas and calculators and all the good things to save you time when you're pricing your products and to help you figure out what you need to charge for different things so that it's a formula and you don't have to get emotional about it. And mm-hmm. you can be like, you know what, this is how much it has to cost. I'm going to put that price tag on it. And if it doesn't sell, then I won't make any more. And if it does sell, then I just know that, yes, there is a customer for that style and that price. And I can continue to do that. Yeah. And I'm also 
when it comes to the social media side of things, I'm like, where do you start? What do you post? What do you, and even the thought of selling, you know, I have the goal for the market, but even Daniel's like, are you going to wait till October to try and sell anything? And I'm like, well, what do you do? That makes you feel so vulnerable. The thought of just putting a picture or something online and being like, look what, what I did. Do you want to buy it? Do you like it? Is this something that you want for yourself? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I don't know. I I literally have some stress at the thought of like, when do I start trying to sell? Like, when do I start? When is it good enough? Because right now it's been two weeks. I've probably made five batches of earrings and I'm still at the point to where I'm just like, I feel like I'm practicing. Like, when, when is it good enough to sell? Like that's, I think what I struggle with, you know, I've got like a bucket, bucket full of earrings in there. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you that a lot of them are already good enough to sell just based on (laughs) the pictures that you sent to me. But I understand there's that point where you go, okay, when am I just doing this? And when am I, because you feel like you're pretending at first. Yeah. I remember that It's, it's been more than 10 years. And I still remember when I actually, I made, I kid you not, Jody, the first time that I sold jewelry to people outside of our little family that went with me to the store to pick their beads and tell me what outfit (laughs) they wanted to go with, you know, that whole process. Um, But beyond that, the first time I sold to anybody, I had taken, I had like a big Tupperware container that had the lid, the latching lid on it. Uh And I put everything in little bags and I took it to work with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, do you, cause people knew I was doing it and they had asked me about it. And even then I remember I was really hesitant because it was like, you mentioned that you wanted to see stuff. I mean, I brought it. Now you don't have to look at it. You know, you don't have to look at it. I don't want you to feel like you have to buy anything or whatever. So then I put it all in there, but even still, I went about it the wrong way. I brought all this stuff to work. It was all in a Tupperware container mixed together. I didn't have prices for anything. (laughs) I I hadn't decided prices for anything. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, And so, you know, they're looking through, Oh, these are really pretty. How much are these? And I'm like, and I just pulled a price out of the air and like (laughs) hindsight is like yeah you probably barely made enough money back to pay for the supplies on those so in in that regards I was practicing and they were just paying for the materials um but the thing the thing you have to remember though is that it is good it is good it's Mm -hmm. is it as good or is it at the same skill level as someone who's been doing a lot longer than you maybe not you might not quite be there yet but you're probably not charging what they are either. You know, you're probably charging something that's more comparable to your skill level. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, it is good. I've seen the pictures and I'm, and <laughs> I think they're great. I can't wait. Um, and don't worry, I'm going to convince you to do a little bit of selling before you go in October. <laughs> and we'll definitely help you with that. All of that is in the course. All of that is in the course, but you are doing exactly what you need to do right now, which is focusing on making something to sell because mm-hmm. you can't sell something if you don't have it. So step number one is always making the thing, right? Yeah, I just keep telling myself all of these practice ones that I don't feel like are the best. Maybe when it comes showtime, they can be like the discounted basket. (laughs) Absolutely. You can have a discount basket. You can, if they're they're kind of good enough, but you're just not sure about charging for them, you can always Mm -hmm. do like a free gift with purchase kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of like your candles that would pour funky. That's right. I can't sell this. (laughs) I would have, I I remember I would have candles and the wick would be off center. And I was like, I can't Mm -hmm. sell this. Okay. That'll, I'll be a giveaway and I'll give it to family or someone who'll use it, who will love it. But I felt like I couldn't sell it. Um, 
or I would pour, I pour candles a lot sometimes, even now where I've miscounted when I'm with my frag with my wax and mm-hmm. it'll only be like a half a candle basically is what it's worth so much. Oh, well, I put a label on it. So people know the fragrance. I stick it at the front desk and I just burn it at the front desk because <laughs> I can't sell it, you know? So it's like, let's yeah. just use it. Let's attract attention with it. So, you know, that's <laughs> always, that's always a good option too. So. Yeah. So you're getting ready to do this and I'm just curious what kind of time, I mean, I know right now you're very excited about it. And I think probably every couple of days you have a, a morning or an afternoon where you're able to put a couple of hours mm-hmm. in. But for the long haul, do you know about how much time you want to be able to give this a week? Um, well, in a couple of weeks, um, my son starts preschool and it's just like a, a part time program. So Monday, not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, so I work right now part time two days a week on Tuesdays and Fridays. And so my plan had been. You know, I had bounced back and forth. I would love to be able to commit like 10 hours a week, but my goal is like a solid six hours a week. Yeah. And then, you know, 10 is, 10, it would be good, but six is like the minimum goal. Yeah. It's a pretty good goal. It's a good place to start. It's a great place to start. So. Now I'm going to jump on into a couple of just our normal makers chat questions, right? Do you, and I know that you do. So would you share with our listeners, tell them what your Enneagram type is. Six. Enneagram yep. six. I had a moment because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of Daniel, but I am a type six. So, And is there anything about finding out your type that has made you like, oh my gosh, I never realized that, that has been helpful in some way or another and figuring out something about yourself? Um, well, it, you know, it was funny. I was talking, I think I was with you on one of your lives when you were doing the arts, um, the art pieces and you were doing the Enneagram six and it had talked about how there was the fear of like safety And I remember having that realization of kind of projecting that onto my son. So, you know, a lot of times when people would, you know, pick up their kids and like, it's okay, you know, you're okay. Like my initial response when he's upset was to be like, it's okay, you're safe, you're safe. Like I would hug him, I'd rock him and I'd be telling him you're safe. And I didn't even really realize until... (laughs) We did a little more research with the Enneagram that it was like, that was kind of like, I guess, one of my core fears, kind of coming out and projecting, like feeling like that was what he needed to hear, because that's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, a lot of things just kind of fall into place with, I'm just an anxious person. (laughs) And my worry list, my to-do list, all those sort of things, it just kind of makes sense. Once yeah. I know where it's driven from. Has it helped you when you're doing it? I'm just, you, well, you know me, I'm like a self-awareness geek. Um, yeah. Has it helped you at all? Like to recognize, cause to me it's, it's helped me like recognize when I'm going down a bad road or like when I'm, when I'm pre- being particularly negative with myself in a way that, Oh, now that makes sense. Now that I know, you know, I'm a three and this is how I behave. I just recognize it faster. Do you yeah. feel like that's been the case? I feel like sometimes I do not as often as I would like. 
Um, because I'm not quite as self-aware, I feel like, as you are. Well, um, but you've got a little one that you have to chase around. That takes up a lot of time and energy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. But yeah, I do feel like um, it's helped me in some ways. Awesome. So what is your favorite book? Oh, what kind of book are we talking about? Just any literally book. any book. Favorite. Any book. Favorite book. You know, it's funny. Um, I have like current favorites, but then I have, there's this one book that I've read several times. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of cheesy. Um, it's a Nicholas Sparks book and it's called A Bend in the Road. Um, I've never read that one. Okay. It's, I, I feel like I checked it out from the library years and years ago when I was going through a little Nicholas Sparks phase. But it's just one book that, I've read it several times, and every time I read it, I'm like, they make all these Nicholas Sparks books movies. Why is this not a movie? Like, I would watch it. But then also I think, would I be disappointed? Because I really like this book. Um, I also really enjoyed um, Where the Crawdads Sing, and mm-hmm. I, I love that one. I read that one twice. Uh, but those are a bend in the road. Yeah, I know it's... <laughs> It's one of my favorites. It's all it's an oldie, but a goodie. I'll have to check that one out sometime because I uh, haven't read that. It's actually it's been probably two years since I've read it. So it's time to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite movie? Oh Lord. Um oh, yeah. I know. I gotta pick just one. She loves the movies, y'all. I do love movies. It's it's unreal. Probably dirty dancing. I figured. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one's a good one. One of my classic loves. That's a that's a movie I could put in anytime, anywhere. Could fall asleep to it. I could get drawn into it. You know, you've seen it a million times, but you're flipping through channels and there it is and you're like, Oh, and then you find yourself sitting on the couch watching it when you were trying to do something else. Yeah. Are you binge watching anything right now? I actually just finished I was watching Reba. I, and you know, it's so funny. It's TikTok again, it runs everybody's lives. Um, there's this trend on TikTok. And I'm sure a lot of you know what I'm talking about if you ever just scroll through the For You page. But it's like the Reba theme song, the Survivor song. And it's, you know, it's like this joke. Anytime anybody is just inconvenienced, like they have to pump their own gas or they have to take out the trash or they have to put the kids to bed by themselves. And it's like, it shows them kind of doing stuff to that theme song, you know, like, Oh, I yeah, had to pump my gas and it's, you're getting out of the car and it's like a single mom who works too hard. <laughs> so I kept seeing this trend. I thought it was hilarious, but then it was like, oh, I loved Reba. And then <laughs> I was just on Hulu and they had the series on Hulu. So I just started watching it. And it was kind of what I was watching like during the day when DJ was napping or, you know, if I just had some downtime. And I literally just finished it like two days ago. Oh, wow. That's fine. So, and Daniel and I are watching Modern Family together because he has seen some episodes here and there, but he never actually watched it like sat down and watched it. 
Um, and I actually never finished the series. I think there's like 11 seasons and I probably stopped watching around season eight. So um, that's kind of our current thing that we're watching together. We're having fun. <laughs> I feel like everything um, we normally watch is so serious. It's nice to have yeah. something that's just like you sides hurt from laughing so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get that completely. And finally, if money and resources and time and all the things, if none of that mattered whatsoever, where would you want to go tomorrow? Um, Ireland. Ireland. I know. It's a little strange, I feel like. It's not everybody's dream strange. place, but I think it all stems from that movie. What was that sad movie? About the girl that lost her husband. Yes, I love you. Yes. Yes. Okay, so ever since I saw that movie, I just had this desire to go. And I know that if I ever went, it'd probably be dreary and rainy. And I'd be like, what's happening, Nico? This is not not movie (laughs) quality. This is not what I thought was going to happen. But yeah, ever since I saw that movie, I've just always wanted to go to Ireland. Yeah. That's really cool. Drinking a bar. (laughs) Looks like fun, that's for sure. I know. I can't wait for you to really get started with this for us to bring you back on here and find out more about what you're doing and, and see how things are going. And I'm really excited for you to get in the course to to start learning some of that stuff and, and see the kind of ideas you come up with and what that sparks for you. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Well, Jody, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this thank is my sister, again, guys, Jody Ray, and her new business name is, we didn't even tell them. Oh, Ray of Happiness. Ray <laughs> of Happiness, spelled R-A-E. Her middle name is Ray. She's Jody Ray. Um, and I did kind of twist her arm today, so she might not know what she's doing with social media, but she does have an Instagram page <laughs> set up. So we will link that in the comments. So if you want to go ahead and start following her so that you can see everything she's doing from the get go, you'll find that in the show notes, along (laughs) with information to get on the wait list for Makers Framework. Um, And I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye, guys. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Remember to check out the Makers Chat community so you can dive deeper into the conversation. You'll find the link to join in our show notes. Have a beautiful week and we will chat again soon.